let's dive into it. So we're dealing with, you know, let, let's first start with relationships. You know, what, what is, how does the relationship work with pastor and in our case, it would be your worship leader. Well, we got different titles at our church. You know, it's called a minister of music. Worship administrator. Worship administrator. And then worship. I'm worship arts pastor. He's the yeah. big dog, yeah. man. So he, he's the worship <laughs> arts pastor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but our, our function is really all the same. It's just different titles, which doesn't really mean anything. But the function really kind of is all the same. So from the pastor's perspective, you know, because we've talked about it from the, our, our perspective, what does that relationship look like, if that makes sense? You're like, what? Because I know there are some watching or may watch that 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 they may not feel connected to their, their pastor. They don't know how to connect to them or the pastor don't know how to con- You know, it's it just, it's weird, man. You know, so just from a pastor perspective, how do y'all look at worship leaders, music, just overall in, in that relationship, if that makes sense? Jim, you know, you go for it. Or we can just dive in and just. Well, first of all. Yeah, there, there needs to be communication. Rob, he's been a real blessing to work with. I mean, he's, he's a friend, but he's, uh, he calls me boss. <laughs> and uh, I call him Sarge, you know, whatever. We have a good relationship that way, but we're friends. But also, his, his desire is really to, uh, to bless the church, and bigger than that, just to increase the kingdom of God. So uh, it's very important. And um, you can't really separate you can't really separate out all the different parts of a service, you know, the, the greeting and the music and the offering and the preaching and the ministry. Then you, to chop all that up really doesn't make any sense. It's, it's one experience. We're just talking about the Sunday morning thing here, of course. Um, and um, you can't really separate that out. So, uh, you know, what, what was obvious to me is Jesus said that uh, the Lord is looking for worshipers and they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. So, and we're talking about this music ministry as worship. And maybe we'll talk about that because worship is how we submit and love God. But uh, talking about worship as music, uh, it needs to be in the spirit and it needs to be truth. It's definitely not a performance. I've recently uh, uh, met a couple and they were just uh, uh, a little bit disappointed because their church wanted them to, basically perform, do certain little tricks and gimmicks and gadgets and stuff. And, uh, during the service and he thought, that's just, you know, it's not me. I don't want to, this is not a performance, even though the music can be extremely entertaining. I don't know if they can see bunny ears on the (laughs) podcast, but entertaining. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's, it's, uh, uplifting, but, uh, it needs to be real. You know, if you're just a real wild guy, then that's cool. Be wild, but you don't put it on. So anyhow, uh, Rob has a real appreciation for that. And so, uh, and we, you know, it's about entering into the presence of God, experiencing him in a real way. And if, you know, if we're not on the same page, uh, it just doesn't flow right. But um, so just that's my beginning thoughts on there's a lot more to be said, of course, about the relationship. But uh, yeah. And there's trust there that we've developed, you know, yeah. over time, right? Like when I first started, I would, every single word that came out of my mouth was pre-screened, right? Like, hey, Pastor Jim, can I, you know, this is what I was thinking. This is what I wanted to talk about. You know, this is what I wanted to say right here. And then, you know, you'd give me your thoughts on it. And that, you usually always said, yeah, go ahead. Or you sometimes you'd say, say this. And yeah, and, and you might even want to think about doing this at that time or whatever. And, and then at some point, I don't even remember when it was, you're just like, hey, you know, I release you to kind of 
do that, right? Like if you feel the spirit or you feel something coming along because we had that, that trust, you can go ahead and do that, right? And so far, I haven't said anything too stupid, so. Um. <laughs> too stupid. I want to I hear from the pastor, but uh, something that kind of a, uh, a uh, culture thing at our church is that we want to have an environment where people feel like they can uh, experiment and and try something and it's like you know hey if you if you're willing to clean up your messes you can try it you know so you know we'll never grow if we're just constrained you know so you have to trust people and if it doesn't work we just won't do that again if it's really embarrassing you can always apologize whatever you know what i'm saying so we uh so that there needs to be a level of freedom there or it extinguishes creativity and and even flowing in the spirit you can't flow in the spirit when you feel like someone's watching you I mean, just listening to our pastor Jim, he was talking about those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you go and look at that passage, he said, I must go through Samaria. He built a relationship with the woman at the well. So you have to have a relationship. Uh, it's very important. And I believe one word that has to be on that relationship is that you have to be intentional. When I got here as a pastor, I was intentional. Uh, me and Aaron's relationship is intentional. It's not something that, you know what I'm saying? I say, you know, it can gradually come on. No, we need to be on the same page. And so what happens is when I got there, Aaron would all call me up and say, well, Pastor, I'm thinking about doing this. And I say, why are you asking me? <laughs> you know, because my thing was is that if I am going to empower you as the minister of music, I'm not going to micromanage you. Because if that's the case, then I should be, you know what I'm saying, the minister of music. You know what I'm saying? So I understand as a pastor coming from the military background of leadership, I am not to, to put hands on everything. I have to trust the people that's working with me. And I don't say working for me because I believe that's a co-labor. I don't like to use that thing that he's working for me. Uh, he's working with me in the gospel. And so I have to trust what God has put in him. And that comes through relationship. It comes through having these conversations. And me and Aaron has the ability and God has blessed us to where it's not always about church. Right. We talk about life. Yeah. You know, we talk about everything that pertains to life. And so it doesn't get all churchy. And I'm not a person that, that moves away from, from church and theology because it's very important. But sometimes we just want to have a conversation, man. How you doing, brother? How the family doing, man? How's that going on? And so forth and so on. So that relationship has to be very intentional because I don't like to separate it either. I think that Aaron is an extension of what I do. So I don't like to make it separate because it, when it's all said and done, Aaron gets to speak to the church before I even do. He gets to minister to them before I even say anything. And so now he's ministering through song. Then I come and minister through the word. And so it's connected together to the point where it's so amazing for us is that some people think we've rehearsed things. You and Aaron got together. No, we didn't get together because I believe the spirit in this young man and his spirit and mine connects. And so what I don't like to do I don't even tell Aaron what I want him to sing. I don't even tell Aaron what I want this and that to happen. I trust the spirit in Aaron that he's going to hear from God, and I'm going to hear from God when it comes to the word of God, and it's going to be complete. How, how, how does that approach work for, uh, because I do know, and it's not a right or wrong thing, I just, I know that there are some ministries that everything is planned out. You know, it, it, it scripts of the pastor has, you know, the series of I'm going to be on this for eight weeks, you know, and, and I do want this song here. I want and nothing against me. I tell you, he can text me anytime. Say, yo, man, do the song for worship. Boom, got you done. Yeah. You know, but I know there are some ministries where it's like. Yeah. Plan, you know, there, there's no room to wiggle at all. So 
what 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 is that like for in your world or fad what's that like in in, in your world man like do, do you have the freedom or do you is it more because it's not like that you know for me so i, I don't know i'm just trying to get a different perspective man. yeah so I, I i get it's it's kind of a different world at fellowship because we have a couple couple campuses and i guess my role is kind of worship arts pastor so i have multiple worship leaders at campuses and um we are a bit structured, as in uh, we actually sat down and we we prayerfully planned out sermon series, I think, for the rest of the year and vision for sermon series up into like 2022, right? Um, now, that doesn't say we're, doesn't mean we're locked in. Um, and I try to encourage uh, my worship leaders that, hey, here, here's the sermon series uh, for next month. I think our next our next sermon series is one on rest. We're going to do, I think, five weeks on rest, and then we're going to go into Advent um, after that. Um, I try to use that as a guide to say, hey, this is where uh, our speaking team is going to be. How can we have one voice? Let, let, let God guide you in what you're going to sing, um, what you're going to say, um, and let's all be one voice. Like you were talking about, the, the same spirit is in both of you, going to be one voice. So let's let's just be, how do we... As fellowship speak um, as one mouthpiece um, so yeah that's good. so what, what was it like in your world Rob it's, well you know that gym uh, is sitting right here man you can be honest man no no, no. I'll be yeah, I'll be honest with you. yeah so you know I'm military uh, too and so uh, you know chain of command and submission to authority and all that kind of stuff is just a natural part of my life right so you know it's easy to understand and Pastor Jim is the boss. Pastor Jim is the worship leader at River Song, right? I'm just the person that that administrates the the music. It's the team ready, you know, talks to people about what we're going to be doing, uh, those types of things. Pastor Jim has been called to shepherd that church, and I operate under his authority, right? And and the level of freedom that he gives me is nice, you know. But if he uh, chose to lead me in a different way. I would still follow that. Or if he said, hey, I, you are, have this song on here, but I don't think we need to play it. Okay, we're not playing it. You know, like that, and I kind of have that, that feeling. So for me, the freedom is nice, you know, to operate like that. And every week I call and say, hey, you know, what's on your mind? Are you preaching this week? Is it somebody else? Uh, you know, do you have any songs you want us to do? Anything like that? And he'll provide his, his input. But other than that, pretty much lets me, you know, run with it. And I think, you know, when, in talking to this, our churches, it sounds like you guys are operating, you know, as, as one, you know, team, you know, very free, and we're operating very, very free and independent. But those structured churches, I don't think we want to say anything and put out the idea that that's negative in no, any way, no, no. right? Because that's just a leadership way. And, and, yeah. and I think, you know, worship leaders that work under those, those types of leaders, they're still fulfilling their calling and, and doing something good for their, what and, do you think, boss? And, and I think, like, I, you know, it's, that's what it's not a bad thing, yeah. you know, and honestly, I, I think it's good for us to experience both worlds, yeah. honestly, I, I mean, it, it's because it, it shows, what, one thing I do love about, you know, in, in worship service, that, that was structured, you know, it, it, it just brought a different side of me, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to be more intense, you know, which, which was nothing bad. It just I had to pull on another, another side, a side of air, you know, and then when you go to, to your house, man, you know, you have that, that freedom to do. I think it's, it's both. I think it's good to experience both, you know, just, um, 
Yeah, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, I, we call our, our set list, we call it a wine skin, which it's, you know, wine skin is supposed to stretch, you know, an old wine skin will explode, but a wine skin, you put, you say, okay, here's three songs, uh, and, and, we, and we prepare. So we learn the song, we practice them, we learn the lyrics, and, and we're ready to go. And then so that when it's time for that part of the service, we don't have to think about chords and structures and where to we repeat and all that stuff. It's just we have our minds on the Lord. So, so in that sense, we're very uh, prepared, but then uh, to allow the spirit to move. Now, the, the side of that is that some folks just like, oh, we don't, we're, we don't even have, need to have a re, uh, rehearsal. We're going to just flow in the spirit. And, and I believe in flowing in the spirit, but often that is just a spirit of lazy and kind yeah. of a spirit of stupid too. Because <laughs> you just, you know, oh, we're just believing God. Well, and, it, and it's a train wreck. And it's not, doesn't glorify God. It's out of, and, and people are, you know, trying to worship the Lord and they're getting jerked around because no one knows what they're doing. And so, you know, uh, so flowing with the spirit really means that hearing him and going after that, but then to be well prepared, God will bless that. You know, you're talking about planning sermon series for six months. Like, oh, how can you flow in the spirit six months out? Well, why not? God knows, you know, he knows yeah, exactly. time. So, uh, yeah, uh, well, let's be, let's be real about this again. Chad, you yeah. want to say something? No, yeah, I just think I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that God has created differences, right? Um, and I think we as churches have to operate within what our culture like we, if, if you, I've came from a really small church. The culture was more free, right? Moved to fellowship. The culture is more structured. Um, and I think God, what, what you see in the Old Testament um, and the New Testament is God working through culture, um, work through the, the, the culture of the Jew, like the Jewish culture to bring about a plan, right? So God, it's, it's, I feel like we sometimes feel like we have to, I need to be more like River Song. I need to be more like you guys, right? No, let's just be who God has created us to be. Work within that culture um, and let God use it, you know? So just to what you were saying about, like, there's nothing wrong with. I, but I do think there are extremes, like you said. I, I think there are extremes that we can be extremely, like, oh, I got about 10 minutes. What should I sing today? <laughs> um, or we have to be so structured to where, no, we can't move from this at all. I yeah. think. We have to watch out for extremes. Um, Here at Phil, there's a book by uh, Bob Kaufman called Worship Matters. I don't know if you guys have read that before. And he talks in there about how, you know, there are definite uh, sp spirit-filled planning sessions. It's like, you know, it's not as, you know, fun as a service and, you know, celebratory or whatever. But you can definitely be in the presence of God and filled with the Spirit of God while you're planning out what you're going to say or what you're going to play. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I, I get, I, you know, like you're saying, the balance, holding it right there in the middle is probably pretty good. What do you, I, I, do, I do think God will work in a, 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 a more free culture and God will work in a more structured culture yeah. because God, God, I don't, he's God. He's, he's God. God. And yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he's up there saying, well, I, I can't work in this church because it's too free or I can't work in this church because it's too structured, you know? So. That's the awesome thing about God is he meets us where we're at. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Pastor, something you said earlier, talking about your relationship with Aaron and flowing together. And uh, I was thinking about the example. I use it during marriage counseling. If you have a husband and a wife and they're kind of not so together, 
but the closer they approach to Jesus, the closer they get to each other. And so it's the same way with a, a worship pastor and the pastor, and as far as that goes, all the congregants too. The more we all draw closer to the Lord, the closer we get together to where, you know, when the scripture says, and we have the mind of Christ, means that we have the mind of Christ and we have the same spirit. So if God thinks that it, it should be dinging in our own head, you know, so, but, um, uh, so that's important that we all have a, a relationship with Jesus. If some, if you're just not walking in obedience, then there's going to be some hiccups bad. But uh, just a cool example about that. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Steve Main preached for us, and he preaches several times a year for us. And uh, uh, thinking about putting together a list, it was a week you were gone, I believe. And so I thought, you know what? Uh, gosh, let's do that song, I Am No Victim. I don't know if you heard of it, but it's, it's a great song. But uh, so anyhow, it was just a few minutes later, I get a text from Steve. Hey, Steve, or uh, Pastor, you, Steve said, could we do that song, uh, I Am Who He Says he, uh, I Am and He Is Who He Says He Is? And I go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I texted him right back. and I said, oh, my golly, what's going on, dude? I mean, just like I'm this song out of hundreds of songs that we know, I felt like you know, we should do that this week. And then within a minute or two, he texts me and say, Hey, can we do that song? And I'm like, oh my gosh. But that's just, I think God does stuff like that to mess with us, but it's kind of cool to know. I mean, it's literally the truth that we have his, the same spirit in us. So it makes sense that we can flow together. And it's a beautiful thing to see. You, you have to know those that labor among you. You have to know that now where Aaron has a range other people might not have that same range mm -hmm. because when you have relationship with people, you know, certain people you can trust to, to move forward and you, some people you might have to give a little guidance. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I say, there's no right or wrong in the, in that particular statement for us. I'm a military guy. So we, I understand structure, love structure, but then I also understand that there has to be a point in time where you find that balance to let somebody give them a little, you know what I'm saying? A little room for them to, to, to have their creativity. And what I love about it is that, um, for me and Aaron, it's like, it's almost, and I hope you can catch this, it's almost like you need to be in order without giving so much orders, yeah. without giving so many orders. You need to stay in order without giving so many orders. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so when you have that connection, it's great. And because the way we flow, I can be preaching and, when, and doing the message at the, towards the end when I, you know, going to, to, to prophetic or whatever. Aaron will make up a song on the spot that God gives him. And he would just flow right into it. They had never rehearsed it, never. And it just goes into a flow because I truly believe that when you connect it in the spirit, there has no confusion in that. that he's not the author of confusion. And so I trust him enough that if he's going to come up with a song, God gave him that song and it's going to flow in everything we do. That's so important because people will, will watch you and they'll see the way the pastor worships. That's what they'll not imitate, but it's what, it just seems the right thing to do. And uh, it, that's always interesting. Uh, it's funny though, kind of a bunny trail here. When I say something stupid in church or tell one of my crazy jokes, everybody always looks at my wife. <laughs> that lets you know who's in, who's in charge. But uh, uh, another story, my uh, father-in-law, who was a pastor for years, took me to a uh, really on fire Pentecostal church down at Dayton once. <laughs> and on the way in the car, he said, I want you to notice something. 
during the, the we call it song service back in the day. Just watch during the song service, and they'll they'll do a couple red hot songs, and probably about the second song, the pastor will put his hands on his hips and start bouncing like a pogo stick, and then you'll see every guy in the whole place will start doing that. And I thought, well, okay, and sure enough, man, about the second second line of I'll fly away or meeting in the air, you know, the pastor starts bouncing, and all the men just start bong 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 bong. <laughs> it was amazing, but. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. It's just that's that's just uh, you you um, what is it better felt than tell you you what you see is what you absorb, and so. Uh, but it, it's but it is so important to be part. You're part of the congregation too. You're the pastor, and to but the people will look at the worship team as. Um, almost like superstars, and when you will come down and sit with them or greet them after church, man, it's so good to have you here, and like, wow, man, that guitar guy just said hi to me. It's important to them. Now, of course, we're not, we don't take that as a, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's fun, but uh, it's so important to be there with the folks and uh, and it just to be an example to them. And, yeah, if, so, if the pastor, you know, you have him praise and worship and people are just worshiping God like crazy and the pastor just said they're poking away on his Facebook or something, man, that's not, not going to go well. Yeah. That's gonna, things are going to go flat. Yeah, and I'm fortunate because Pastor Jim, for anybody that doesn't know, is one of the greatest guitarists in Springfield, right? And so he's on the worship team. That's what I was going to Standing get behind me, right? Y'all have an interesting relationship, bro, because... The yeah, pastor is on yeah. you submitting to him, yeah. but during that worship time, he submits to you. Have you ever thought about firing him? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, I love it because, you know, um, that example, like what you're talking about. Um, have you guys ever, this is a, a bunny story right here. This is how our worship team practices too, right? Like we stand around with our instruments on for 30 minutes and talk about whatever, and then we actually get to it. And uh, have you guys seen that movie Soul? Yes. So um, this guy, and they talk about like um, that when you're in the zone, right? When you're in between like consciousness and in unconsciousness and every, and you're just playing like you never played before. And that guy plays the piano while Pastor Jim plays the guitar. And I can tell when he is in the worship zone because all of a sudden in the middle of a song, you know, and, and, uh, and he'll just start ripping it up. And right afterwards, I, you know, usually say something to it or maybe just stop singing or whatever and just watch him or let him go or whatever and just say something like, that was pretty sweet, you know. And, that was, and now, now this is interesting because all three are guitar players, yeah. right? So for those, you know, on, Rob, Fadden, and Pastor Jim is guitar players. So how, Jim, how long, I mean, where did you start with guitar? Well, well with me, when I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan's show, I thought, man, I need to get me one of those and, just so fascinating. Just learned and played rock and roll for probably. Let me ask you this though, Pastor Jim. Was it because of the musicianship, or was it because of the women that the Beatles? Were doing? <laughs> I need to know that. I need to know that. Honestly, I was just fascinated at the instruments. Okay, the music, <laughs> all right. And the girls screaming and yelling. That didn't happen for me yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can your parents are shouting. Still waiting on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, and so, and then what, that was at age about 14, so uh, I got saved when I was uh, 24, so what, 10 years later. So for about 10 years, I'm rocking and rolling and doing all that stuff. And then uh, when I got saved, it was just natural to get in there and start playing. It was funny, I'm I'm an old rock and roller, blues player and all this stuff and <clears throat> doing all this kind of music. And then I end up in this old 
Appalachian country Pentecostal church, you know, where everything is different. But it was so fun for me. It was a really, a really good thing to uh, uh, to flow into. So, uh, yeah, God will use your gifts. And uh, and those, I, I got to say, they accepted me. I came in there with my blue jeans with holes in them, long hair and little John Lennon glasses and on my motorcycle. And they received me into that culture. And and uh, it's a good thing I married the preacher's daughter. So yeah, and I can't. What was that song we played recently? I don't know. We were playing it, and it was a eight. I was trying. To, we were trying to do a new song on Sunday morning practice only, you know. And that's a little kind of a bold thing to do. Um, but Pastor Jim was working on the solo or something, and it just wasn't quite there. And I and I just reached over and said, "Hey." Play it country, and uh, and all, one of the best guitar solo licks that I've heard at River Song since. Then. So that's that was your uh, Appalachian training coming through there. Yeah, ding 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 ding. You know, it was Bat, awesome. Bat, what about you, man? How how long have you been playing? Yeah, uh, I think I picked it up when I was thirteen, so thirty eight now. So yeah, thirty eight. I am getting old. So we got four musicians and a rapper. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get there. Wow. Oh, you're, uh, okay. I'm okay. going to get there, yeah. Wow. So 13, yes. did you just pick it up, start playing it by ear? Did you? Yeah, so I, I um, my my dad had a, uh, man, I, it was so hard to play because the strings were like, felt like two inches off the fretboard. And um, he taught me a couple chords and had a hymn book and then just wrote the, G, C, and D, and E minor, I think. Um, Get it done. Yeah. About 70, 75% of worship songs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could use some minor chords there. Um, yeah, and that's what that's what got me started. So, Ron, what about you, man, when you started playing? Man, well, I started on the piano when I was four years old. And so piano is kind of my primary instrument. And then around 16, I picked up the guitar. And, uh, you know, I'll lead from the piano every once in a while. But I just find it's easier with the guitar, right? Like it, you're hitting chords and stuff like that. So, and you're standing up and you're, you know, you can move around a little bit. And so from a worship leading perspective, I prefer to be on the guitar. Uh, but yeah, so about four years old, piano, and then 16 on the guitar. So I, I guitar players, man, I, I admire you, you know, how you can lead and, and strum and just play because guitar is not easy, you know. And, and we're all music. Mr. J is a rapper. That, that's a completely different realm. And I think we talked about that one. Do you ever time. go up there? Do you ever, like, incorporate that skill into the praise? I did, I did when we was doing the secession plan. I, I, I did a rap. Uh, and actually, uh, dealing with Peanut, he produced a single I did along okay. with his wife, who was like my daughter, in the ministry, she sung the background vocals. Okay. So yeah. I, it's just one of those things, man, for me, it, it's different now because, you know, just like any other thing, you have to stay on your craft. Mm -hmm. uh, once I gave my life to Christ or whatever, what I used to rap about, I couldn't rap no more. <laughs> I'm just being 100, you know what I'm saying? If they got any of the lost tapes or mixtapes from back in the day, please do not surface because I would be in trouble, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, and then as I came into... My walk with God, it, it's just amazing how if he gives you a gift, it, it can be used for him as well. And so the only time I really right now that I'm spirit-led, if I'm inspired by, by, by God or the spirit, and that's when that happened with that, that, that one track that I produced, well, Peanut produced, is that he gave it to me and just, it just comes together. It's amazing how when God gives you something, you don't have to strain. 
it just comes together, you know. And so when I when it came together, I just flowed with it, and, and that's where it was. So if he ever, t you know, inspires me again, I'll write again. But it's not something that I constantly do right now. I don't even walk around the house sometimes freestyle. I don't even do that anymore like I used to. But it was one time where I would freestyle for two straight hours. You know what I'm saying? Because that was something I was constantly doing. So that's, you know, that's why I'm at right now. But I have an ear for music. I like me. When I hear something, I can say it's nice or not nice. Because I come from a family of singers. My whole family sings. You know what I'm saying? And so I come from that. I, you know, I, I didn't get blessed with that particular gift where I can hold a note. I'm not somebody that's going to make your ears hurt if I sing. But, but I, I prefer not to. I prefer people who got the gift to do that to do what they do. What's the one thing you look for from a past perspective in a worship leader? Do you look at gift, like, you know, you at least need to be able to sing, or is it just straight all spiritual first? That's directly to, to pastors. What, what's your first? Because it's interesting because, Rob, you wasn't a member of River Song, mm -hmm. so you, you were brought on, so there had to be something dim that, you, you know, looked at it and said, man, Rob, Rob is a good fit. Same way with you, Thad. You know, you wasn't a member there. Me, it's different because I was, you grew up. I grew up in, in, in the church. But then again, Sermon Day could have been like, no, I'm going to go another route. You know, he didn't have to do that. So what's the first thing you look for as pastors in, in, that, in this particular position? Well, well it, ha it really has to be both. There has to be a skill there. Like you said, you know, when you sing, you don't hurt people's ears, but some people do hurt. <laughs> Sometimes they hurt my feelings when they sing. It's like, oh. Uh, so, uh, so there has to be a skill uh, to be able to to direct the team, to lead a team, and to uh, and and then of course to be able to, uh, you know, like we talked about, to be able to understand who the Holy Spirit is and how to minister the Spirit to others through. Uh, through that music so that the skill is definitely there but um, the skill without God's presence and God's anointing is just it's just not good at all when it's just uh, performance and uh, and that's not good I mean I don't have any problem with you know uh, hiring you know a horn section to come in on a special service they don't know Jesus but man it might really minister to them to be a part you know it's not that you have to be you know, Holy Ghost filled, speaking in tongues, running run in circles to qualify. But uh, but for the leader, they have to be, first of all, a worshiper of God, which, again, like you said, is not the music. It has to do with submission. So you really have to look at both. And uh, Leonard Ravenhill in his book, Why Revival Terry, says the first question we should ask uh, candidates to be a pastor is, what's your prayer life look like? And so it really should be the same way. I haven't asked Rob that, but we have to know that there's a relationship with God first and then say, okay, let me see what your voice is like. Well, you know, it, you know, so I would rather take someone that's highly anointed that maybe only knows, you know, three chords. They need a capo for every other song, you know, <laughs> and, and maybe their voice would get a little pitchy every now and then. I'd rather have that as long as they can really bring the presence of God than have someone that's just an all-star that, you know, there's nothing, really nothing there. Now, for me, I, I would probably say where, where that's important, the, the, the skill, the talent, for me is obeying, obeying the word of God. That was the, one of the first things I looked at, obeying the word of God, because you can't outsing your life. If your life is jacked up, it doesn't make any difference, you know what I'm saying, how much singing you're doing. So I, I wanted to see him outside 
of, of, of praise and worship outside the church four walls? How is he looked at in the community? How do people respond to him? How do they, how do they speak of him? Because obedience to the word of God. So now when they come into the service and they see him in praise and worship, they now saying, okay, not only can he do praise and worship, but I'm going to listen because his lifestyle matches what he's singing. And we got to be very careful that because that's the thing that, that is so amazing. You cannot outsing your life. That's solid. If your life is, is, is all in disobedience, it doesn't make any difference. People want to come in there and while the whole time you sing and they looking at you like, oh, you was just doing this last night. How you going to try to sing to me and worship <laughs> me into God's presence? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. for me, it would be obedience to the word of God. And so that's that. And that's the thing that's really tough in today's time, because nobody really I ain't gonna say nobody. Many people want to present their gifts without obeying the word. And so you have to be mindful of that. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we as pastors, we have to look at that. And sometimes when you hold people accountable, they get mad. They get upset. They leave the church. And I'm cool with people leaving the church if I'm holding you to the word of God because I'm holding myself to that. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you're, you, you don't make mistakes. What I'm talking about is a lifestyle. If you have a lifestyle of sin, I ain't say that you messed up last night. But if you have a lifestyle of it, we got to find out what's going on. Yeah, sure. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time today uh, that we got to share uh, with brothers here and, and learn from our from our pastors, you know, kind of their take on this, Lord. And we ask that um, what we talked about today for anybody that's listening might bless them and help them in their their ministry and, and the work that they're doing, Lord. And we just ask that you continue to surround us with your favor like a shield as we move forward and, and try to do your will and do our best. Uh, to serve you. It's in your son's name we pray.